Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. This is an all-Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team episode. Uh, but before we introduce our guest, we want to say that this episode is brought to you by the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team, and we want to thank all our 2017 sponsors. So we had a couple of sponsors this year. We had Mudgear. You'll know them from their Mudgear socks. And if you head over to mudgear.com, you can pick up a pair of the CTG custom socks and use code CTGstrong for a discount. Harbinger Fitness, makers of things like dip belts and weight vests, great for improving strength training for OCR. Atomic Climbing Holds, the best tool, I think, for improving at OCR, the actual rig grips that we use both in our race and for training. Uh, Rock Tape, the, they're the makers of the KT Tape, so if you get injured or you want some injury prevention, great so- solution there. Juice Performer, they make uh, beet and cherry juice. There's also a code on our Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team Facebook page. Uh, I believe it's 1CTGBP15, and that gives you 15% off an order from Amazon. And then finally, Marina Sport. They're the makers of our compression clothing that we've been wearing at a lot of these races, um, both pants, calf sleeves, and shorts. All right, let's get to it. So on the line, we have Brenna. Say hi, Brenna. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back for one again. And we also have Randy Lackey, another member of the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team. Hello. So this episode, we, yeah, <laughs> so we've been having technical <laughs> issues for uh, quite some time. This is the second time we tried to record this, so I'm um, happy we we're all on the line. And we want to talk about the Conquer the Gauntlet Tulsa race that was held was about two weeks ago ish, at the end of August, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 26th and 27th of August. Yes. Uh, so we want to talk about that, but first, let's tell you a little bit about Randy. Uh, Randy ran track and cross country as a gymnast and a cheerleader and also played softball. At her first conquer of the gauntlet in Oklahoma City in 2013, she took first place while being in her first trimester of pregnancy. Seems like our team has a habit of winning while pregnant. <laughs> um, anyway, so since then, she's won uh, six conquer of the gauntlets, so I believe that makes her the most winningest female in the series. And, she, <laughs> and I think Brent is in second with, uh, what do you got, five, four? What do you got? I've got four gloves and one win, so yeah, five. She might catch me this year. And then, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then Randy's also got another four podium finishes at CTG. Uh, she's also been on the overall podium for Spartan Race, Rugged Maniac, and Warrior Dash at various events. <clears throat> she was the 2015-2016 Roadrunners Club of, of America 10K champion, finishing the top three at numerous triathlons, marathons, 10Ks. She's a mother of two, uh, was ranked the top 10 in the OCR World Championship rankings when they were still doing that two years ago. And other than that, just qualified and got entry into Boston. So, Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you. And congrats on the latest qualification there for Boston, because I know that's something oh, thank you. special. Oh, I had to wait all summer on that. I qualified back in April, and then registration opened last week, so I've just been a nervous wreck all summer, hoping to get in. So what was your actual qualification time? And then what was the actual standard? Um, 
It was 3.35, so I was almost 10 minutes under. Oh, you were, you're good. So. You're good. <laughs> so for those who don't know, there's Boston puts out a qualification time based off your age and gender, and you run a race, and if you're underneath that time, you can submit your results. But what they've been doing for the last couple of years, because they've had so many athletes submitting times, they actually do a rolling entry. So, you know, they'll start at, like, if you beat your time by more than 15 minutes, they let you in. If you beat my th- your qualification time in more than 10 minutes, they let you in. And then it usually ends up you have to be beat your qualification time by, like, about four minutes to actually get in. Mm-hmm. So no longer, yep. like previous to 2011, it was just if you qualify, you're in. And uh, mm-hmm. so great job, Randy. So now you just don't know. So you have to run as fast as you can, I guess. That's right, yeah. So And I shaved off almost 30 minutes from my last full marathon, but I was just like, you know, this is 26 miles. If I'm going to put in that much work, I'm just going to, you know, give it my all and try to run as fast as I can. So had no idea what to expect this time. And that's awesome. Boston Marathon is – I've run probably around 17 or 18 marathons, and the Boston is by far the best. Like, there's 26.2 miles of people, like, on both sides wow. of the road. It is awesome. Yeah. And not so exciting for you, but when you pass through Wesley College around mile mm-hmm. 13, there are girls lined up on the side of the road that have signs that say, kiss me, I'm a freshman, kiss me, whatever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, like, the dude in front of me was stopping and kissing all the girls, uh. which is awesome. I, yeah, I'm running, we're running, like, a, a seven-minute mile pace, and the guy in front of me is, like, stopping for kiss girls. And I was like, uh. that's commitment. So Just make the best of it. <laughs> anyway, let's talk, uh, let's talk about you, and let's talk about uh, the Tulsa race. So when and what was your first OCR? Uh, my very first OCR, um, is in 2012. So we were having our, um, 10 year high school reunion that summer. And one of my friends at the reunion came and he had just won a warrior dash. And so we started talking about, you know, OCRs and I just couldn't believe cause I was running at the time, but I was like, you're going to run through mud and up and over things and all that. And it just sounded so crazy to me to do that in the middle of running but um he was trying to talk me into uh the dallas beast um in which dallas is about four hours from here so that was really one of the closest ones to me um so i thought about it and thought about it for a couple of months and then finally just decided you know what the heck i'll just try it uh so we went down there with a group of us and uh my first OCR ever was, you know, the 13 miles, so kind of a crazy one to start with. Um, of course, their obstacles are a little easier than CTG, um, but then, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I wore, like, a cotton shirt that ended up being about down to my knees by the time I was done because it was soaking wet, and, you know, they stretch out. I had these old Nikes um, that probably weighed 20 pounds each um, by the time we were done, and I'm pretty sure it took us four to four and a half hours, which um, I ended up getting like 11th um, overall. I didn't do the elite wave or anything, just so just out of the um, regular runners. But um, That's what I was waiting yeah, for you to say that you like you wanted her podium like no, that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, by the time you run, you know, because you can choose whatever time you want in the day. I think we went at like 11. 
so there were so many people that you had to pass and all that stuff. And, you know, I eventually found out running the earlier waves and you'll have an easier time. Don't have to pass so many, but yeah, so that was kind of the first one I did. And then, um, Trevor also talked me into doing a conquer the gauntlet. Um, uh, so that was my next one that I did. Um, and actually when I did that one, um, I signed up for the race and then a couple of weeks later found out that I was pregnant, um, went into another doctor's appointment and they said, um, well, no, actually, you know, you're not pregnant. This is a bad pregnancy. Um, so we'll go ahead. They wanted to go through with a surgery, uh, to remove, um, it's called a DNC, which is what you do whenever there's, uh, about pregnancy. Um, they said there's, you know, no baby there. Uh, they wanted to go ahead with a surgery. Well, I decided, um, you know, I'd already signed up for the conquer the, conquer the gauntlet. I was going to do that race. And so I was like, no, I don't want to go through with that. I don't want to have to be recovering from anything and have to miss the race. So I was like, I'll put off the surgery and let my body do what it would naturally do, which is miscarry. Um, and then the Friday, uh, before conquer the gauntlet, I went in, well, I went into the doctor and they did another ultrasound and everything. Well, there was a baby. There's nothing wrong. It's perfectly, she's almost four years old now, but a perfectly healthy baby. Um, just the blood tests were a little bit off and I think it was just a little too early and the doctor kind of jumped the gun a little bit. Um, That's but crazy. I went ahead and yeah, it just like, because I would have gone through with a surgery because that's what my doctor was telling me to do. But I was like, no, I don't want to have to, you know, recover from this. And I chose the race over, over that. Um, and so he, you know, he told me, well, you're early enough in the pregnancy. I don't think it's going to hurt anything to, and I don't think he knew what conquer the gauntlet was either because he told me it was fine to go run it so you know i did <laughs> but yeah that's so crazy it's to hear. crazy that's so i kind of have to give conquer the gauntlet some credit for addison being here because otherwise i would have just done what he said to do that's unbelievable okay that's definitely a miracle baby and a ctg baby for real right yeah, there no kidding <laughs> wow and I've, never, it, I've never heard you talk about that. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so you've been on the, you've been on the overall podium pregnant. Ashley's been on the overall podium pregnant. So, I guess if you want to have a baby, you should be on the CTG pro team and get on the podium. A, so, like, Brenna, <laughs> whenever you want to let us know about the exciting news, you can go ahead and just push that out. So, I'll, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> yeah, keep it. You're a little longer, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me throw that out there. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you get a couple of OCRs under your belt. Uh, what drew you back to conquer the gauntlet? Because you seem to be a staple. You were a staple on that, even on that race series, even before uh, you were on the pro team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it was just the challenge of it because I had tried several different races. Um, I just – and, you know, some of them – were just not quite as challenging. And then I had some trouble with um, the Stairway to Heaven. Um, so when they first came out with this series, 
uh, they didn't have the belts and all that stuff. And you'd go and watch people trying to do the stairway. Nobody could do it. No one could figure it out. So it took a few races before people kind of caught on to the technique and all that stuff. And um, so when I first, the first race where I conquered it, you know, I, I didn't use my hands. I used like my whole arm to go all the way up and I just kind of bear hugged each rung and then got over and then bear hugged all the way down. And I was just in shock when I completed it, but oh my gosh, it took me probably two weeks to recover from trying to do it that way because I just completely (laughs) tore up my arms. And so I was like, there has to be, you know, I have to have a way to practice this because I wanted to keep going to these and improve. And I'm out here kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to nothing like that at all. So my husband uh, just, he was like, all right, well, we'll just go build one. It can't be that hard. Um, And so we steadily just have added things to our backyard and all that. Um, But yeah, we started with a stairway. And I think that's kind of what drew me back because it was just so hard. And I just, it, it just bothered me that I couldn't do it very well. So so tell, I was say tell people where you live. Where I live? Yes. Um, so, okay, I live in Fairview, Oklahoma. You've probably never heard of it. Um, but it is in northwest Oklahoma. I think we've got about 2,500 people here. Uh, the closest Walmart is 45 miles away, if that says anything. <laughs> so... But, I mean, we've got, like, a grocery store. Um, we've got a Dollar General, and we've pretty much got what we need. We're just pretty far from anything, um, any big cities, I guess. How far are you of, from? Like, how far would you be from Tulsa, per se? Tulsa is about two and a half hours, three hours, and then Oklahoma City is um, about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, Wichita is about two and a half hours. So, yep. Yeah, you are out there in the middle of nowhere, and that yeah. <laughs> I guess that was another reason, kind of, that you went to CTG because they definitely, if people don't know, they're Midwest and kind of mm-hmm. in more places. But OKC and Tulsa and Wichita are all three places that they hit, so you're able right. to. Get to <laughs> yep. So we and mentioned. So were you- Oh, wait, sorry. I was just going to say, were you one of the first or the, I know Nikki Call, but like, were you the first female to complete CTG? Yes. Um, and actually Nikki and I were at the same race the year that they started having everyone wear belts. Um, it was at, it was 2015 when they started doing the belts, I believe. And um, Oklahoma City. Let's see, they had a race in Kansas City that year. That was their first one, and it was just a muddy mess. So um, they had a few male finishers, but they didn't have any females at that race. And then the next one was Oklahoma City, and that's when um, they had their first female finisher. And it was just um, Nikki and I that finished. So there were just two of us women. Um, So that was the first one that I had won a glove at. Um, and then Wichita was the next one. So I went ahead and went to that and Nikki and I were the only two women that finished that one as well. Wow. That was a good race. That was my first CTG podium too. So it was, yes, that's right. It was Nathan, Nathan Bryce or Bryce and Nathan. I can't remember who was first, who was second. I was third. And then it was you and Nikki first and second. Yeah. 
The original, the makings of the pair team right there. Yep. <laughs> that picture is actually in my book, uh, that podium picture. So. Yes, that is. That's right. So you've got your mini CTG course in your backyard, and it started because you couldn't do stairway. What does it look like mm-hmm. right now? Okay, so right now I've got a stairway. Um, Pegatron gave me some trouble. Um, let's see, they brought that out in 2015 as well, and that was one of the first races where I didn't keep my belt. Um and it was it was raining, it was lightning, uh, it was just it was such a crazy race. And then Pegatron was pretty close to the end, um, and everyone's hands were just kind of a muddy mess, um, you know. So you can imagine it being slick, and no one knew what to do, no one could figure it out. I think they had five men that finished it that day, um, but no one had the right technique down. We were all trying to figure out what's going on, so. Um, we built that in the backyard, and then they used to have what's called a dead man's drop, which is just two two-by-fours. Um, you remember that one, Evan, because they had that at Wichita. Yes. Um, two two-by-fours together, and then you had to kind of traverse it with your legs hanging down and just use your hands. Yep. So it's, it's just like, so, it's kind of like Savage's Pipe Dreams, but with two-by-fours. And uh, as it gets, depending on, if it's early in the day and it hasn't been raining, it's pretty easy because it's nice and dry. Mm-hmm. If it's later in the day or it has rained, you know, people have tracked mud across it, it becomes significantly harder. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was actually lucky enough. I did that one. I think Dallas was the last time they had that last year. Oh, and yeah. I, I think that's right. Yeah. It when it was wet and terrible, but I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have those two, and then I also have a... Um, uh, hang on, I just went blank. What is the black line? Like a rig? It's what we used to Tarzan call the rig. Swing. Tarzan swing. Yes. So I have a Tarzan swing, but what they used to do is it was over water, and then they had like a ring. Um, they had a couple of rings and then a rope that didn't have a knot, and so you can imagine uh, people falling in the water. They'd get up. They'd try again. And that rope would just be soaking wet. And so it was almost impossible to grab it with your hand um, and get through to the next one because your hand would just slip right off. So that's one we built because I had a lot of trouble with that. Um, But they've taken it down since then. Um, And they don't do it over water anymore. So it's changed. (laughs) It was pretty tough. So I actually almost broke my hand on it in my backyard one time, so I don't use that one a whole lot anymore. Because <laughs> I figured out that the best method is just to wrap your hand around the rope. Yeah, lock well, out. Well, one day, yes, one day I didn't make it to the next ring. And so I'm sitting, I'm just hanging there by my hand with this rope around it, and I can't touch the ground. So luckily Oliver was there to pull me down, but <laughs> kind of crushed my hand. Yeah, that, that that's a good method, but again, it, it is also re- really dangerous because I've I've yeah. trained that way too, where I just lock out my arm, and um, mm-hmm. it, especially if you're a heavier athlete, you know that's the bones in your hand are only so strong. So if you weigh yes. 200 pounds and you're hanging from your hand bones, it's probably not going <laughs> to go well. Um, yep, and so. swinging too. So, and for those of, the, of our listeners who don't know, there's a video of Randy actually doing the men's lane on Pegatron. Which I'll try to reshare when we post this uh, this podcast, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. So, no and big deal. And to clarify deal. for those 
that don't know because, well, the difference with the men's and the women's. So the women's lane of Pegatron is the eight-foot section with footholds, and then you have the eight-foot section with no footholds, and then at the end there's footholds. But the women's lane has a four-by-four post about three-quarters of the way through that if you make it that far, you can reach and kind of like take a little breather and put your feet on the post. Mm -hmm. So that's how the women's is different. The men's, there is no post. So that's what makes Randy extra badass is that she did the (laughs) men's side. (laughs) Well, and I swear that post gets further and further away from the middle. (laughs) So one of these days, I don't know who who puts it there, but it used to be in the middle. (laughs) I'll put blame blame on Nathan, but that might not. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It kind of is. (laughs) And we're just comparing. You never know what happens next year. I know. One of these might things not have a Because so. <laughs> girls are getting better and better, so we got to be prepared. <laughs> yep. Well, then, so do you have monkey bars in your backyard, or those were just too easy for you, so you didn't need that? Well, I would like, that's the next thing. I need some spinning monkey bars. <laughs> so, but no, I'm kind of running out of room. <laughs> so I'm not sure what to do next. But, yeah, we've got, a, you know, we have parks in Fairview, so... I can always go to the park. Believe it or not, we have like three parks here. So besides so, yeah. besides your mini course that's in your backyard, you also have some uh, some guests that live back there. Is that correct? Um, a couple, yeah. <laughs> so w- we call you in the protein page. We like to call you the chicken lady. So I guess explain. We or Evan. I call you the chicken lady. It's just me. <laughs> I think I think HB picks up on it. A few of us go with yeah. it. <laughs> So why, explain to people why I call you the chicken lady. So I've got a few chickens back there. Um, so, okay, so I've got eight, but don't share this with the city council. We're only supposed to have like five. Um, <laughs> so actually, when when I first got chickens, we weren't allowed to have any. So um, I went to the city council meeting because there weren't there weren't really any rules on that, um, and you know when plead my case or whatever and they said we're allowed to have five chickens now but i'm at eight because you know they're they die easily so i need a few for backup well i'll say did you want the chickens because you wanted chickens as pets or you're actually using them for eggs well i mean i get um i get five or six eggs every day of course you know we eat at least that so really i would need 20 to keep up with um, the amount of eggs we eat, but I don't know. It's kind of, they're kind of like little puppies. And so it's like having eight little puppies around and they do tricks and stuff. And then they poop breakfast. So you can't go wrong. <laughs> so I'm from New York. So uh, while I know some people listening are from, you know, from the Midwest, so eight chickens prob- is probably mm-hmm. not a lot, but to me, one chicken is a lot. Like no one, <laughs> no one where I grew up, like had chickens. Yeah. Uh, well, you need a chicken then I'll bring you one. I'll bring you one to Kansas City. Hard pass. Hard pass. Oh, my God. I'm going to ask Tracy if I can have a chicken. You should. (laughs) I'm trying to follow your footsteps. The best part is their names. So what are the names of your chickens? Okay. Well, um, Ashley Samples decided to name one of them. And so I've named one for her. And his name is, well, his. They're all girls. Um, Her name is Cluck Norris. And one. she's one of my favorites because I ordered okay, I ordered these rare breed chickens online because you can order chickens online and kind of get whatever kind you want. 
and they'll ship them. Um, you have a minimum order of like 15. They'll ship them to the post office, and then you go pick up this chirping box of chickens. I know it sounds crazy, but that's where Cluck came from, and she has a big mustache. So I'll have to send you a picture of that. Um, and then I've got Feather Locklear, Hennifer Aniston. That's my favorite. Um, we've got Whoopi Goldbird, and then a Beyonce. She has the most tail feathers out of any of them. Uh, then I've got one named Snoopy, which she's a rescue. We had a lady that um, got chickens for her kids for Easter, and apparently they're not allowed to have chickens um, where they live, so we adopted her. Um, I've got one named Angel that my daughter named, and then Chocolate. And Chocolate had a friend named Caramel, but Caramel ended up being a rooster, so that's a whole nother story there. We had him for dinner. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's been such a learning experience, but, yeah, it's kind of wild. <laughs> that's crazy. And that's what I, I, I idolize how awesome and badass you are in racing. And then now that I'm also myself living in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, um, I think I, I got to do like Randy does, you know, so I'm doing these outdoor middle of nowhere road and field runs yeah. and going dove hunting and four wheeling. And now I'm going to get a chicken or two. Or yes, or perfect. <laughs> You'd be complete. <laughs> I actually have a chicken house, I think, out here. I think that's the best Oh, course. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever need advice, I've learned it all, I think. I think others might start calling you the chicken lady now, just saying. <laughs> all right, so so let's get, let's get down to business. So the uh, recently Tulsa had, a, Tulsa had Conquer the Gauntlet. On Saturday, there was the normal Conquer the Gauntlet race, one of their biggest of the year. And then Sunday was the team race. And in order to have to run in the team race on Sunday, you had to do the Saturday race also. So, Randy, I guess let's start from the top. Take us through, you know, kind of who was on your team and then, you know, what the team race was like for those who weren't there, which is myself. Okay. Um, so we put together a team. Well, what they had, you had to have at least one female. Um, every team did. So I don't know if that was to slow everybody down or what, but um, every team had to have a female. Um, and then my team consisted of Trevor Zimmerman. So Trevor was on our team, and he's my friend from high school. That I mean, I grew up across the street from him um, as little kids, and he trains really hard. So he was one um, on our team. Um, Miles Keller, and then we had Freddie Thompson. Um, and so we all had to, uh, run Saturday. So, you know, we were all a little bit beaten up on Sunday. I had twisted my ankle pretty bad and still feeling that, but I think everybody that it was a great idea to have them run on Saturday because we were all kind of in the same boat. So, um, do you want me to walk you through the race? Or? Yep. So tell, take us through, like, what made it a team race? What were the obstacles and kind of what the order okay. was and what was the most challenging, most exciting, et cetera? Okay. Um, let's see. Brenna, you may have to help me remember everything. So we started out, and it they kept the obstacles from the Saturday race. Um, they kept them there for the most part. So, you know, we started out with the 12-foot wall. Um, you could help each other on that if you needed help. Um, but everyone that ran elite Saturday, 
you know, had to do it themselves Saturday. So, so each team had a different color. You were all assigned a different color, and they gave you a bandana with that color. Uh, so we ran up to um, some posts. I think there were four by four and what would you say, 12 foot long um, pieces yeah, of wood. They were, so they were actually, I can clarify, they were six by sixes and they were treated lumber about 12 feet mm-hmm. long um, posts. And that was right after, remember, they had a rubber roadblock without all the tires. Oh, that's right. Yes. So they cut the tires off. I think they had like, what, two hanging from the top? And I was too short to grab them. I couldn't jump up and reach, so um, we could help each other out with that. And then next we went and dug up our post. They were all buried in the ground, so we had to dig it up, which sounds easier than it actually was. And then these posts were, I don't know what they weighed, but they were so heavy. Um, And our team, for the most part, was about the same height. I was shorter than most of the guys, but... um, I think that kind of benefited us a little bit because, you know, it was resting right on everybody's shoulder. Um, but we had to run with that for uh, quite a ways. And then we um, took it down into the the water. Uh, what was that pool of water called? Oh, polar vortex. Yeah, so that's polar basically vortex, like yeah, um, so. similar to Savage Ray state, um, ice bath, basically, in a way. Yeah, so up the stairs, then take it through the water um, and then back down. And then we had to take it over the uh, the cargo net, um, which was so hard to try to lift that thing and then get our bodies up over that too. Um, we also had to carry it and then take it over the Rockies, which were the slanted, the three slanted walls, um, and then up a big mountain. And then we were able to drop it. Um, and then at that point, yeah, we moved on to the continental divide. No, it, wh- is that what it was? Yeah. After yeah. the hill, we dropped continental it in divide and then divide without, without, ropes. without the ropes. So it's a big slanted wall. And then this time they took the ropes off. Well, our team had this all planned out. Um, we all wore shirts because, you know, we knew we were going to have to use each other's clothing to get over. Except that at the starting line, I got hot, and I was like, oh, I think I'll just go ahead and take this off so I don't have to mess with it. Because I run in a sports bra most of the time. Um, So I was like, the shirt's going to drive me crazy. I've got to take it off. Well, we get there, and then the poor guys didn't have anything to grab onto. onto. Um, So we stack each other up like we're supposed to, you know. And then I get to the top first, and I'm hanging there, and we're supposed to just, you know, run up the wall and use my body sort of uh, to climb up, which I was okay with all that. But then um, Miles reaches up, and instead of getting my elite belt, he grabs my pants. And there's probably four people going live on Facebook at the time. And my – but, I mean, there's nothing I can do because my hands are holding onto this wall, and then, you know, Miles is pulling my pants down. If I let go of the wall – I'm going to go flying down I don't know how many feet, so there was really no other option. But then he grabbed my belt and got all the way up, and everything was okay. So we got up and over that. So the, it's, um, it's pretty clear. You either uh, show the entire world your ass and win, or you, uh, you know, you let go and yeah, fail the team. sacrifice. It's, it's, the answer seems pretty obvious to me. I mean, you always go for the win. Yep. <laughs> and then if I fell, we'd have to start all over and... Yeah, I don't know how that would have gone. 
Let's see. What came next? Well, we did a lot of the individual obstacles that we had to go through. Um, Well, yeah, that was the part of the team challenge that kind of made it different was that, you know, Congo Gauntlet, so some of them are so hard, like Stairway and Pegatron, I think. Were those the two? And um, I thought there was one more. Stairway, Pegatron, and Tarzan maybe? Tarzan yes. Yeah, that only two people had to complete, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, and one person could do them twice. If you wanted to do it that way. Yeah. And so that, that kind of helped for the team element because, again, not everybody can complete those. So mm-hmm. did y'all have a strategy going into it that, like, you were all going to try them all anyways? Or did one person be like, I've got this one and someone um, else does that? Yeah, that was kind of the thing because I just knew I could do Pegatron twice. And so I was like, okay, guys, you let me have this one. I can get us through this one twice. And you guys can save yourselves for some of the other obstacles like the heavy carries and all that stuff. And they had carried the post most of the way, so, you know, they were tired. But I got to Pegatron and got through it once, and then the second time I just about made it to the step, and then I fell off. And so, um, you know, the guys were there trying to do it, and we eventually had three of us get through it. But our strategy for that probably could have been a little bit better. Um, Tarzan swing is a lot more difficult for the men, and so I ended up doing that one twice. Uh, I just want to interject. I love your guys and your team, but I I must say that you you carried the team and did amazing just for that fact that you basically were like, okay, I'll do all the hard off the fight. Well, I had to apologize to him because I think the mama in me kind of came out a little bit. I started yelling and it's like, I'm so sorry for yelling at you guys, but I really wanted to win and I didn't know what else. Which, I mean, we we split it up pretty well. Like, the guys carried the sandbag. I think Trevor carried it the majority of the way because that's what he had been training on, you know. And since I've got this stuff in my backyard, that's sort of um, what I thought I could handle. So, um, But then uh, we also had – they changed Crank It Up a little bit too. So that's the one where you, you kind of have to put your whole body into it and turn this crank that uh, – cranks in like a a wheelbarrow full of sandbags um but this time we had to pull in each individual member of our team so each person had to ride in the wheelbarrow as we um pulled them in so that was kind of interesting for them to do that one that was i wish we didn't get to see y'all but (laughs) it was very entertaining because like ours went nathan basically did all the cranking of all of our teammates and then we had to crank Nathan and he was the heaviest on our team and he ended up like hopping in the wheelbarrow he was was just like hopping every time we pulled so it was comical (laughs) and so what position how did y'all I mean okay so that's like I think that was majority of the crazy oh there was uh, the like um, how'd y'all do on the the bucket challenge memory puzzle thing Explain oh, that a little yes. bit to everybody. so I kind of failed us a little bit there um so we all had to get on this platform um and then uh they pulled kind of pulled us up on a pulley you know uh the rest of the team pulled one person up to the top I don't know how many feet in the air would you say we were um 15 20 <laughs> what used to be the more cowbell rope climb so I think it's uh six or 18 foot climb okay and so yeah, yeah so so one person gets all the way up there and then they have these buckets at the top with a puzzle inside them well then there's a lock 
that you have to undo to get the puzzle down. At the beginning of the race, they told everyone um, a number, four-digit number, and then you had to remember that number until you got there and then, you know, put it into the lock, and then you can get the puzzle out, and then you've got to put it together. Um, Well, I was just – we remembered the number. I was just kind of lining it all up wrong, and we spent forever at that one trying to get it unlocked, and then it was just – I don't know, my brain wasn't quite functioning because we were in the middle of racing, and I think your brain kind of shuts off a little bit when you're running. So um, that one kind of slowed us down just a little bit, but we eventually got it. Well, thank you for that because you say you spent forever there. We literally spent like seven or eight minutes there, (laughs) and y'all came (laughs) behind us, and we see y'all up there. I mean, if if you hadn't messed up the numbers, y'all would have been... Like, well, either past us, beat us, or right there with us again. <laughs> well, and I think that's why I struggled so much, because I saw you guys right there, and then I got flustered because I thought, this is our chance. This is all on me, and we can maybe catch you guys. And then I just screwed up when I was trying to get the lock undone. So it's just a simple thing. Well, and then coming through the end, so I guess there was slack line everybody had to do. And, um, I mean, y'all were sitting, we kind of, had a solid – my team I, – I was in the team challenge, obviously, talking about it, with um, Napalm, Jeff Yonda, and Matt Campione as a last-minute fill-in. And we had a strong lead. And then, again, we pretty much bombed our, like, 10-minute lead right there at that challenge with the lock. <laughs> and then <laughs> came through. And, I mean, I guess what was slack line and, like, the five walls. And I think that was kind of rounding out the finish of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So slack line, we had a um, – what was like a 400 pound um, deadlift that we had to do. Um, And so the, the weight had to be deadlifted in the air um, by three team members. And then one person walk across slack line. Um, And while the person is walking on slack line, the, the weights have to be off the ground. And so if you have a person that just fails slack line over and over and over, well, that wears out the people holding the weights because they were heavy. (laughs) So luckily, um, pretty much everyone on my team got it the first try. So we got through that pretty fast. And then the five walls, um, they had a sandbag. So the sandbag, not a sandbag, a punching bag. Um, It had to go up and over every single wall with us. And it couldn't touch the ground. For those that don't know, five walls in Conquer the Gauntlet, Walls of Fury, it's five eight-foot walls. Those are brutal enough in any race, but add a, like, 90 pounds. I don't even know what the weight of that thing was. Uh, Again, I didn't a have any person, to build. For but sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a very heavy up <laughs> to get over and yourself, too, at the last, like, quarter mile of mm-hmm. the race, for sure. And then did you – Stairway was at the end, so did you complete yes. – you <laughs> did you do it twice for your team? I think we were all so excited to see the finish line that all four of us did it. Just no questions asked. We just all did it. What was your final placement overall for the team event? Um, so ours got second. What was your team Here's, name? Uh, strength and Speed. Boom. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were I felt, I felt like that, like – I was jealous I wasn't on the strength and speed team. <laughs> well, Miles had represented strength and speed when we did the Terrain Relay 24. So when he signed up for this one, he asked if they could use the name again. Mm-hmm. So even though I wasn't going to be there, I said go for it. So. 
We were sort of I, Oklahoma's I like, version, I guess, because all four of us were from Oklahoma. So. And did you wear? I gave. I think I gave a couple. I had my last remaining um, strength and speed tattoos. I handed out to y'all, so y'all could at least have yes. something. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what Randy and I. For those that don't know or didn't follow along for Tulsa event, her and I both got first and second both days. So. Um, I miraculously, by a miracle, beat her on the Saturday <laughs> event, and then our team won on Sunday, and she followed suit with second on Saturday and, and second on Sunday. So that was pretty awesome. And then Lauren Woodcock, it was kind of funny how the, how that worked out because Lauren Woodcock was third, third female oh, yeah. Saturday, and then her team was the third team sa- Sunday. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, that's Basically awesome. It sounds <laughs> that's awesome. It sounds like a great event, and I was very upset I had to miss it. I was up in Chicago running toughest Midwest, the final of the uh, CBS televised events. Mm-hmm. So, I unfortunately, unfortunately, they had to schedule on the same day. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. I I bet they do it next year. I hope. I really hope they do. It went pretty well, and I think they'll have a good turnout next year if they decide to do that. So. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you want to participate in the team challenge, make sure you, when you talk to the owners, you let them know to put on another team event because it was awesome, and it sounds awesome. So Anyway, uh, before we take off, we're starting to run low on time. A couple more questions I wanted to ask about you personally, Randy. So you are one of the leanest athletes I know, like for men <laughs> or women, right? There's like a picture of you going across Pegatron, and your back is just like all – Ripped up. <laughs> and then the front side, too. <laughs> I feel like most of the ladies, or and probably a lot of the guys, too, want to know, like, what's your diet like and how do you maintain uh, such a lean physique but also be uh, capable of racing? Because I know I've gotten my body fat super low, but I feel terrible mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've struggled. i struggled so much with that. Um, it pretty much comes down to I just try to eat – uh, you know, anything that's natural, so anything that comes from the ground or has a mom, kind of, I guess, is what I go by. Um, but I'm not 100% either because I definitely let my have, let myself have something if I am craving it. Um, and actually, um, I don't know if you want me to go into it or not, but I guess you can always edit this out. Um so about 10 years ago, well, I've been married for 10 years, um, but while I was planning my wedding, I just got super um, stressed, I guess, and, you know, everybody wants to look perfect on their wedding day, um, and I had been working out a lot and everything, um, but I really started dieting heavily, and uh, I completely cut myself off of, like, sugar, um, but that was one of my favorite things with sugar. And so I found myself um, just on the weekends binging on sugar. You know, when I'd let myself have it, it was almost like I couldn't stop. And so that kind of started um, like a little bit of maybe an eating disorder problem. Um, and then I actually uh, worked in mental health for a while. So I worked in an eating disorder hospital um, for a while after uh, kind of in the midst of all of this, I guess. And I think part of what drew me to that job was that um, 
I was kind of in the middle of it too and uh, maybe wanted a little bit of help. Um, but uh, so I guess I that job kind of allowed me to see the worst side of eating disorders and I realized that I was kind of on the wrong track and if I didn't stop myself you know from this and um, get better then I was just going to end up kind of like some of the patients and I was you know there they go there and some of them are on their deathbeds um, just starving themselves and it was just kind of a horrible experience and so from that I've kind of learned to um, not limit myself on or not cut anything out of my diet because um, I crave sugar a lot. I'm kind of a sweets person. And so I figured out that if I just kind of let myself have a little bit, I don't crave it as much. Um, but I pretty much just kind of stick with uh, trying to eat healthy. And then if I, if I want something bad enough, I'll um, let myself have it. Well, thank you for sharing that because now I kind of know that you are human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been on kind of sugar. a long... Yeah. So that's, that's impressive. As a hard-training athlete, you know, sugar is fuel for the body. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a difference yes. between sitting on your couch just eating spoonfuls of sugar or, you know, spoonfuls of ice cream and then going for a long run or a hard training session and then having sugar immediately afterwards because you have the sugar mm-hmm. immediately afterwards – it's going to go back into your muscles as glycogen so you can race again or train again hard the next day. And it's also going to spike your insulin, which essentially helps build and uh, maintain muscle. So mm-hmm. um, yep. I think, you know, when, when people blanket statement like all sugar is bad, I mean, it's not true. I mean, there's when you're racing, you know, when your body's in that elevated state, that's fuel. That's fuel for your body mm-hmm. or post, you know, post race or either right, you know, those last 15 minutes right before a race, it's fuel for your body. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. very interesting, very good story. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've just learned you can't really completely cut something out. You know, it's not all black and white. So you can't say that something's just horrible and completely cut it out because guess what you crave you crave what you're trying not to eat so just a little bit here and there is okay and um but yeah I really try not to cut anything out and I run probably 40 miles a week um and then I strength train on top of that so you have to fuel your body I eat a lot I just try to make sure I fill up on healthy foods first and then um then anything else later and um I managed to pull this summer so I was around, you know, the chocolate and all that kind of stuff all day long. I was around junk. Um, but I just told myself if I really want a Snickers, it's all mine if I want to have it. And um, it's okay to give in once in a while. So. And that reminds me of the other uh, nickname I have for you, which is uh, Wendy Peppercorn oh, from no. the Sandlot. <laughs> because I imagine Randy sitting at the pool in the middle of, like, small-town Oklahoma. Oh, my God. You know, with the, with the blonde hair and, like, all, like, muscularly. <laughs> and, like, little children, like, little boys are running around, like, gawking at her. So <laughs> I think they're actually kind of scared of me. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Evan's got great nicknames for you, Randy. <laughs> and now I hope they carry on that other people listen, and you're going to be like at a race, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's the chicken lady. <laughs> so to, before we wrap up this all Conquer the Gauntlet episode, uh, Conquer the Gauntlet has two more races left in 2017. So there's CTG XTC up in Kansas City, 
at the end of September, I believe it's the 30th. And then there is CTG, the last Texas race, which is 21 October at the Wyo Ranch. So if you went to the U.S. Championships and want revenge on that course, CTG will be there, um, so you can head, head that up. Randy, will you be at either of those two events? Um, I'm going to try to make it to both. I'm definitely going to be in Kansas City. So, And let me clarify, there's actually three events if you count the fact that XTC on Saturday – and then on Sunday, CTG is doing their first ever event called a scramble. And so real quick, it's basically um, right there for the XTC course, Conquer the Gauntlet sets up in a smaller area, like a shorter course, because it's combined with another race. So it's like two races come together, and part of the course is CTG, and part of it is XTC. So on Sunday, they're doing a scramble, and you basically, it's kind of like choose your own adventure. Everybody starts at the same spot. And then you get to pick the order of how you want to do the obstacles. So you strategize what obstacles you want to do first. Everybody has to complete all the obstacles to win. So that's going to be on Sunday. There's actually three events, but you, again, have to do Saturday XTC to do Sunday Scramble. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely definitely a good save there, Brenna. Totally forgot about that. I actually will not be at CTG XTC. Um, for those who were not there last year, it's such a good course because so the first third is all – XTC, uh, so there's a lot of natural obstacles. You got to run through a bus at one point. The middle third is CTG, right? So it's two miles. So the normal four-mile CTG course with, like, it's 20 hard obstacles is compressed into two miles, and it's in a field. It's so awesome. It, it, it is brutal. When I was running through last year, I swear I almost fell on stairway. I was like, my arms, because the stairway was the second-to-last thing before five walls, and my arms were completely pumped out. Uh, and then the last third, say again? It was after Pegatron, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last third is XTC, so it goes back into a lot of natural obstacles, a set of monkey bars, stuff like that. So cool event, um, super awesome. And then the scramble, it's not only CTG's first scramble, I think it's the first scramble ever, right? So that's that's kind of a big deal. Hang on real quick. With the first it being the first scramble, I've got word from, like, some other race series out there that – they are jealous that we're the first to do it because they want to do it, and they're excited to see how it goes because they want to do it. So I won't say who, but just saying that um, CTG is making making moves. <laughs> so I think what's cool about that is, again, you know, everyone comes to – we have our obstacle-heavy people and our run-heavy people, and there's a lot of people who come to obstacle course race, and they're like, oh, I wish there was less running. All right, well, now there's no running. It's just obstacles, right? Like the only running you're doing is between obstacles – and the obstacles are pretty much touching each other. So if you want to uh, show your obstacle prowess, make sure you come out to Kansas City. And it'll be about the time I'm going to push this out this weekend, so it'll be about a week from now. And I just want to say, Randy, I am love that you might make both KC and Texas, <laughs> but I'm kind of sad because I was hoping that there was no way you were going to Texas, and that would give me my last chance to oh. get a gauntlet <laughs> and <thank> you. <laughs> well, it's on then. <laughs> No, I'm not sure about the Texas race. It's pretty far. Well, I guess it's further for you to go, but yeah, I'm still undecided on that one. Well, I love you, but I'm crossing my fingers you don't show up because Tulsa took <laughs> my money, and it was very, very close. <laughs> so before we get out of here, Randy, any big plans for 2018? Oh, gosh, Boston, but I've just been so – anxious about that I didn't know if I'd get in for sure or not so I haven't really looked much past that but 
I mean, of course, CTGs, pretty much everyone I can make it to. Um, but other than that, just keep on keeping on. Just crushing, crushing local <laughs> road races, breaking the heart of some some other Oklahoma girl who keeps showing up and coming in second. <laughs> Got it. I thought you were about to say breaking the heart of little boys at the pool, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Wendy Peppercorn. Got it. So before, again, before we take off, any final shout-outs you want to give, Randy? Uh, companies, sponsors, friends, family, et cetera? Uh, well, family, of course. Um, I've been training under Jared Rainier, so I've got to give him a shout-out. He, I've been training with him since March. Um, I kind of told him all my goals, and, of course, Boston was one of them, and then improved my game on CTG, and um, I'm just really enjoying the workouts. He comes up with something for me to do every single day, um, So, and he's added a lot of speed work, so it's really been great to train with him under J-Run Fitness. Cool. Brenna, what do you got? Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to x Racewear and Brian Shumler. Um, for those that don't know, x Racewear is the main title sponsor for clothing for OCRWC and the U.S. Championships, and I had the pleasure of meeting Brian at the first World Championships in um, Ohio, and we've become close friends. He's amazing. The company's awesome. Um, they do many great things, and I got one of the awesome hoodies in Texas for the U.S. Championships, so I'm ready for it to get cold. I've never said that before, but to wear my hoodie and see what they have in store for all of us in Canada. So, yeah, X-Racer, keep doing what you're doing because we love it. Cool, and I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Dry Robe. Uh, I just sent them two articles that should be going up on their blog sometime in the next month and also have an article coming out in the publication called Milo. There's a website called Iron Mind. They specialize in strength training, so really weird stuff like arm wrestling and single-arm deadlifts and you know <laughs> pinching plates, all sorts of crazy grip strength stuff. And I stole a lot of the concepts for how I train forearms for obstacle course racing from the website Iron Mind. So they have a publication that comes out, I think, every other month, maybe, or quarterly, something like that. And I have an article that's going to be going into them, and I've been in, I think, their last two magazines. So I actually need to pick up copies of those, because I can't even remember what I wrote and what pictures I sent in. <laughs> but I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the Cock of the Gauntlet team is mixed into those articles, so I will I'm let say, you guys yeah, know. Because they're probably in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, because I always, I always solicit for uh, pictures from you guys and from the Strength and Speed group. So I can't remember I can't remember what pictures I sent in, but I'll check it out. Let you guys know in the future. Uh, so keep an eye out for Iron Mind and keep an eye out for Dry Rope. I think that's it. Uh, thanks everyone for coming on the show, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you, Randy. It's been awesome, and thanks for Thank sharing you. your stories. <laughs> Thank you. 